This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Rappaport to the Rescue with award-winning animal advocate Jill Rappaport. Welcome to Rappaport to the Rescue. I'm Jill Rappaport. Great show coming up. Our spotlight guest is superstar Cheryl Lee Ralph. Of course, you have to remember her from her hit roles in Moesha, It's a Living, and Abbott Elementary, her current role on ABC. She is so talented, so diversified. Cannot wait to catch up with her. And the reason she is here today is the connection she has with my guest, David Seeley, my dear friend who runs by far one of the best shelters in the country, Little Shelter in Huntington, Long Island. And we don't want to give it away yet, David, but you can acknowledge that you have a very unusual and special relationship with this superstar, don't you? Of course I do. She's a friend. I consider her a friend. Yes. And you have a rescue connection, which we will get into once we interview Cheryl Lee. But in the meantime, I want to talk to you. I had you on right at the top of the show because the story right now, animals are being returned or not adopted. And it's so sad because COVID is at its height and the animals are suffering the most, aren't they? They definitely are. COVID has hit the animal world pretty hard. What we're seeing a lot is the shelters are packed. And one of our little shelters, most recent rescues is totally COVID related. A woman fell ill and had to be hospitalized due to COVID. Her family thought she had about five dogs. So she asked, you know, if they would go take care of them. And unfortunately, when they got there, they found out it was a hoarding situation with 25 dogs and they all needed our help. So we had to step in and the shelters are full. It's probably about the third hoarding situation that I've seen probably in the last two or three months. And, you know, when COVID first started, oh, there's Oscar putting in his two cents again. Oscar, mommy's doing a podcast. <laughs> anyway, when it first started, we talked all about the fact that people were saying, rescues were saying this was a good thing only because animals were getting adopted. Yeah, it was, you know, a lot of people had time. So they thought that, you know, their life was going to give them this time for a really long period of time. And then once work started to return or they had to go start working from home or get back to the office a little bit more, they had less time. So some of those dogs you did see go back to the shelter and the cats, which was, uh, you know, very difficult for the shelters to adjust to. And you have such wonderful animals. I was there for personal reasons recently. Peppy, who's been with me for almost 20 years, he's like a son. And he and his family wanted to adopt a dog. We recently lost our CJ, who was like his dog as well. She was 20 years old. But because he has two young sons, they wanted to go younger. I, of course, always go older, but they wanted something very young. We came to your shelter, little shelter on Long Island. And I have to tell you, Due to a hoarding situation that we just talked about, there was a litter or litters of at least 20 of the most adorable young dogs and puppies I've ever seen. And David, Peppy was fortunate enough through you to be able to get one of those amazing dogs. And I say amazing because this young pup, she is housebroken. She goes to the door when she wants to go out. She is the perfect Puppy for Peppy. How is that for alliteration? And I just want to commend you because Lord knows they had such a difficult start. It was really a harrowing situation. And these dogs, unbelievable. And that's what I want to tell people that please 
Go to your local shelters. Reach out to David at Little Shelter. The animals are there now waiting for their forever home. And it's up to us to give that to them. Yeah. You know, with these situations, we always try to run at full capacity at Little Shelter. Uh, It's just what we do. But unfortunately, with the situation and the dogs coming into the shelters and the cats coming into the shelters, it's very easy for us to be at full capacity at any given time. We're always full. Well, that's the message right there. And David, if you would like, before we have our next guest on, please give information how people can contact you, go online and see the wonderful animals you have needing a home. And I can tell you firsthand, they're amazing and wonderful. You can always give us a call at 631-368-8770. We're on the web at littleshelter.org, at Little Shelter on all of the social media platforms. But the thing that I always tell everybody, the best thing to do is to come to the shelter. You'll get the pick of the litter, and we've got something from everybody. I always say we got something from cheese to chow mixes, from puppies to seniors and everything in between. And you're very, very supportive of the seniors. Your heart is with the seniors, and that's where you try to really take in all of the wonderful seniors and find them a home, and bless you for that. And David, thank you so much. When we come back, you're staying with us, because Cheryl Lee Ralph, coming up. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Rappaport to the Rescue. I'm Joe Rappaport, and I'm joined again with David Seeley from the wonderful Little Shelter in Huntington, Long Island, who is going to be taking part in this next interview as well, because he has a very special relationship with our spotlight guest coming up, the one and only Cheryl Lee Ralph. What an incredible woman, such a diversified and talented actor on the big screen, the small screen, on stage. She's a singer director, author, and activist. She was Dina Jones in the original cast of Dreamgirls, which just celebrated its 40th anniversary, and she felt that it was really a full circle moment because on the anniversary, she was producing Thoughts of a Colored Man on Broadway. And she also runs the Diva Foundation, which has been helping fight AIDS since the height of the epidemic. She made history as the first Black Madame Morrible in the play Wicked on Broadway, and she's currently starring as teacher Barbara Howard on ABC's new show, Abbott Elementary. This is her very special baby. We are so excited to talk to her about all of these projects and more, and especially her love of animals, which she rescued. Cheryl Lee Ralph, I am so excited to have you here. Welcome to Rappaport to the Rescue. Thank you. Good to be here with you today at the invitation of my friend, David. 
<laughs> yes, and we're going to talk about that. David Seeley, who runs the wonderful little shelter in Huntington, Long Island. And your relationship started because of your love of animals and you rescued. Tell me about that. You know what? It was one of those moments that for me, it was just like perfect. I went to NBC to tape an interview on uh, which show was it, David? That was New York Live. New York Live with my friend Jackie. And I was there and then David had been on before and then he came on after and he had the cutest little tiny dog. And <laughs> I thought it was a puppy. Come to find out the dog is just like me. It's an old dog. It just happens to look very young. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this dog and I was like, I will take the dog. And then David was like, well, you have to come out to um, Huntington. I was like, honey, I'm taking the dog now. And he, <laughs> he stopped for a minute and he said, okay, you're taking the dog now. I'm going to email you everything, email everything right back to me right away and it'll be done. And I have to tell you, that dog was perfect from the moment I got her. She knew how to do everything. She knew how to live with me or in an apartment. And it was wonderful for as long as it lasted. We were sad because, you know, thank God that David is able to give you the history of the animal that you rescued. And my dog had come from Texas and had been mixed up in the whole, was it the flood, David, that they had yeah. had? Yes, it was back when they had those disasters. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, it was back then. And so the dog was, she was had really been suffering, lost in all of that. And so she was shipped from Texas to the little shelter. And when she first got there, you know, her fingernails were real long. She needed a manicure and a pedicure. <laughs> Bless your heart. You adopted a senior. I love that. Yeah, but I'm telling you, she looked so young. David, am I exaggerating? No, you're not. Yeah, the dog was so, I wish I should have had a picture so you could see it because she, oh, she was living the life. All of my <laughs> friends loved her. And anytime I traveled, they were like, oh no, we'll take her. So she was everywhere living a fabulous life. But the best part was whenever she saw me, she was just like, oh, here she is. Oh, it was just Mommy. great. It was oh. great. And do you have a dog now, right? Cotton? Is that the dog you have now? Oh, my gosh. So the quarantine happens and I'm with my husband in Pennsylvania and I'm like, we need an animal. So many people felt like that during the beginning of the quarantine. I need an animal. And David once again got in the car and says to me, I found your dog. And once <gasps> again, it's never just like some ordinary dog. I mean, this was a coton de Tulier, a very <laughs> wow dog. Oh, I'm sitting right next to mine right now. <laughs> Unbelievable. They're very beautiful. And beautiful. the dog, Cotton, when Cotton is all groomed and everything, she's so bright and white. It's almost like she could glow in the dark, but it's the middle of the day and the dog can glow. And she's got the <laughs> best personality. So we have a great time during quarantine and everything. And I go back to California. My niece loses a dear childhood friend. 
And my niece comes over, Marley, and she's holding cotton. And she says, Auntie Cheryl, I just need something to love. And I was just like, all right, take the dog. Take the dog. She took the dog. And if the dog was living a good life with me, oh, no, the dog is, she is so fabulous. She's in Palm Springs enjoying everything about (laughs) me. Well, I was talking about that in the open of the show because my dear Peppy, who's been with me for almost 19 years or actually going on 20, and he's like a son to me, he and his family were looking for a dog. David found the perfect pooch for Peppy. And I thank him every day. I message him saying, Oh my goodness, this dog is perfection. She's housebroken. She's wonderful. David, what is it about you and Little Shelter that you have the perfect animals? <laughs> so listen, we've been around for 95 years, so we kind of know what we're doing by now. Well, you haven't been. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I try. You look good for 95, <laughs> let me tell yes. you. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, so we've been around for 95 years and I have the most incredible staff that supports me and the animals And I'd put the the little shelter animal care up against any organization in the country. They really make it happen. And they work with the dogs. They train the dogs. They're medically evaluated. They're behaviorally evaluated. And, you know, we make sure they go into great homes. (laughs) You certainly do. I've been working with David for years. I have to tell you, there's no one like him. There's no one like little shelter. And Shirley, I am just so honored. And I know David was so happy that you even had the time to do this interview. Your list of credits is longer than my first marriage. Okay. And (laughs) let me just tell you, I have never read so many accolades in my life. You are unbelievable. Going back to Moesha, dream girls who didn't love dream girls. And I want to talk to you about your career because you're now starring in this amazing show on ABC. You never stop. Do you? You know what? I really have to thank God and God is this great spirit and energy around us because, you know, it would have been easy to stop because, you know, show business is not for the weak of heart, not for the faint of heart. I mean, you have got to be able, like animals, to work through it all through people's bad days, good days, all of that, and still have an open heart, still be happy to go into that next audition or meeting, you know? So I am so thankful that I've been able to maintain a career, maintain relevancy through the decades and carry on. And I'm very grateful. You are constantly reinventing yourself and you can do it all. I mean, an actor, singer, director, author, activist. What have you not done that you would like to tackle? I haven't been as quiet as enough as I would like to. I probably have not rested as much as I should, but I do take it seriously. Me time, time with myself to just gather myself so that I can get my energy up again to do whatever the next thing is in the world for me to do. Well, and you can hear I'm one of my rescue dogs in the background. They're loving your voice and they're reacting to you. Oscar, don't be rude. But I want to talk a little bit about your career and how you never stop because you mentioned it's a tough business. You have to be used to rejection and you have to be very thick skinned because let's be honest, for women, as we get older, I don't care how many roles they say there are now, it's definitely more difficult at a certain point in life, isn't it? It really is. And I tell you, I am just so thankful that I think about being very young and I think about doing dream girls. I think about going from dream girls into Moesha. I think about going from 
Moesha into instant mom and fam. I think about being able to go into now, await Motherland Fort Salem on Facebook. See, you can't ever remember all the things you've done. That's a great show. And now this ABC show. And now this show, Abbott Elementary. I mean, at every, every decade, every few years of my life, there's a brand new series, something new to tackle. And I'm thrilled. And Abbott Elementary is doing really well, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. People just love the show. And, you know, it's all about, you know, education, a school in an urban area, Philadelphia, and it is challenged. But the teachers that are there, those who are not going to stop, not going to burn out, but find ways to give their kids, their students, what is needed to thrive in their classrooms. And I just, I love that. You know, teachers here are not the butt of the joke. They are the heart of the show. Oh, no, it's amazing. And I have to tell you, Dream Girls just celebrated a huge milestone. Which I can hardly believe. You know, everybody's got the 10-year challenge. What did you look like 10 years ago? What do you look like now? I did the 40-year challenge. <laughs> I did. What do I look like in Dream Girls? And what do I look like 40 years later? Yes. So 40 years. And, you know, this is where I'm so frustrated because our listeners cannot see how beautiful you look. And you do look just like you did 40 years ago in Dream Girls. <laughs> With her natural smile. That's (laughs) right. (laughs) I always have to thank my orthodontist. I always tell people, you know, it's like if you have a dog, please pay attention to your dog's teeth. People always want to forget about the dog's teeth and treat yourself like you would the dog and take care of your teeth, too, because they change in life. So that's my little tidbit right there. Take care of your teeth. Oh, and your spirit and your love of life. I mean, I think that also keeps you young, that you really wake up every day and treat it as a gift, don't you? But it is a gift. I think of this. Millions did not make it, but I'm one of the ones who did. I was able to wake up, open my eyes, see what in front of me, above me, around me, dress myself, myself, feed myself, myself and go out there and walk in the world and do my thing. Those are amazing gifts that should not be taken for granted because a lot of people will just not get to do a few of those things. They just won't. Oh, that is so true. And sadly, we lost one of our greatest legends of all time, who you were fortunate enough to work with, the one and only Sidney Poitier. I mean, what was that like? Not only being able to meet him, but work with this incredible human being. You know, Mr. Poitier was a great mentor for me. I met him when I was 19. It was my very first film, A Piece of the Action. It was the last of a trilogy of films that he did with Bill Cosby. And that time on set with Mr. Poitier was amazing. He took time to pour into me, you know, behavior, attitudes, thoughts, attention on the set you know, respect of the script, respect of the writers and the words on the page. It was just, there were things that he did when I was a young person that have lasted with me my whole career. And it was a great blessing, really, truly a great blessing. Oh, I can't even imagine what it was like just to be able to meet him, let alone work with him. Everyone who met him and worked with him, what an indelible mark he left on all of your lives forever. 
Absolutely. And it is forever. And, you know, he was a girl dad. He had six lovely daughters and he was as much as he really appreciated the strides of the male actors and artists. He really pushed the women that he had met, you know, from Whoopi to Hallie to myself and so many others. He was really, really a giving uncle, a giving father to all of us trying to make it in this industry. Oh, that's just so beautiful to hear. And you would expect what you're telling me, that that would be the person that he was. Yeah. And you're such a philanthropic person too, Cheryl Lee. You have done so much for AIDS and the cause and to raise awareness. Did he affect you in that way? And what is it about you that it's so important for you to help others, especially with this one cause? I think when you look at those who have come before you and the heavy lifting that they did to create the kind of road that we get to walk on with our careers. I mean, you know, we're coming up on MLK Day and what Mr. Poitier did to get people to pay attention to the rights of all people in these United States. I mean, the idea that he turned his passion into purpose for everybody was amazing. So for me, you know, doing Dream Girls, losing so many friends to HIV and AIDS and people acting as if just because they were gay men and quite a few women too, who contracted this disease that they were less than. And I said, okay, my friends, my people, that's my passion, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, you know, treat everybody with the respect that you would want in life, no matter who they are. So for me, that was just a natural thing. And I, I had good leaders before me, like Mr. Poitier, who put themselves on the line for others. So and, you know, at sometimes they took a beating for it, but it was always the right thing to do. We've made great strides with AIDS. Thank goodness. I mean, we can see a light at the end of that tunnel. We would be making much better strides with COVID-19 if people would remember the lessons from HIV and AIDS. I mean, these are two viruses that are so very similar and people refuse refuse to pay attention, just like they refused to pay attention in the past around HIV and AIDS to the detriment of us all. HIV did not have to become endemic to all of us, but it is because there were some people who stood back and said, that's what they get. That's what they deserve. It has nothing to do with us. So we've got all of these people out there thinking that, oh, the vaccine isn't real. I don't need it. It's those people with all those comorbidities. No, honey, it's all of us. That's and right. the reason we have all of these variants is because people won't pay attention to being respectful of each other, no matter who they are. That's what's going on right now. Everything you do, you take on with such gusto and you throw yourself into it 100%. I talked about this a little earlier. What is left on your, and I hate to use the word bucket list because hopefully that's going to be 50 years down the road for you, but what is <laughs> left on your bucket list to do that you would really love if you had to say one project of all? You know something, I honestly have to say, I don't have a bucket list. What would I really like to do? I would really like to produce some important shows and movies that really uplift people 
and give them something to love, think about, you know, apply to their own lives. I'd like to be a part of memorable entertainment. And that's not always easy because sometimes people like sensationalism, you know, they like guilty pleasures where they watch things that are less than or what they don't really need. But I'd really love to be a part of some important entertainment, classics, you know, things that people, you know, pay attention to. That's why I really love what Quinta Brunson has done with Abbott Elementary. Right. I was going to say your role now is very important and very relevant. Thank you. And people laugh. They laugh and they enjoy it. And it's important. You know, it really is. I really think that what we do on Motherland Fort Salem, putting the power of femininity and the feminine on a platform for people to see what would this world be like if women truly ran the world. And in that show, I play the president of the United States. And I am, I'm definitely a president that uh, you, 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 whoa, it's, it's quite the role written and created by Elliot Lawrence. And it's just uh, another great show, but I like them because they're, both of those things are important entertainment, I feel. But I can tell you, I've enjoyed what I've been doing. I enjoy, I enjoy my life. That's right. I can tell that. That's great. Now, you mentioned the doggy now with, you know, your niece. Now, on that subject, David's here. Is there any chance you might be looking for another little fur angel to fill your life? Well, you know, we always have a dog. And David knows we have, my son has a dog. That's the closest I've got to a grandchild. And it's Theo. So Good enough. <laughs> yeah. Theo is always with us. And David knows that with my schedule, I need a tiny dog. I need a small dog. The first dog he got me was perfect for me. So he's always on the lookout for a tiny dog. Well, yeah. I don't want to start anything here, but the one we just got, David got a litter in from a hoarding situation down south. Oscar, I'll get to you in a moment. You hear my dog in the background. He wants attention. This group, there's at least 20 of them. From three pounds to 10 pounds, I have never seen a more beautiful, wonderful. I don't rescue puppies because I'm all about the older dogs, seniors. And I wrestle with that a lot because who doesn't love puppies? But I must take the older ones. But boy, David's got some incredible dogs there right now. Right, David? Yes. And we've got something for everybody. We've got puppies. We've got seniors and everything in between. I always tell everybody. Well, you heard what Charlie just said. You know, you must have something. That I'm in touch with her a lot. I'm so happy <laughs> to, to be friends with her. You know, I don't know if I told you the story, but a week before I went to go be wicked and I'm sitting there in the front row, by the way, and Shirley <laughs> comes walking out onto the stage as Mrs. Madam Morrible. And I'm like, I think she's looking at me and I feel like I know her. <laughs> and then the play ended. And then three days later, I'm in there on New York Live and Cheryl Lee comes walking into my life and we've been friends ever since. So she knows I'm it's always on. I know because he's been raving about you, Cheryl Lee, and he's been telling me, oh, she should do your podcast. She's such an animal lover. She's so animated and fun. And I'm just so thrilled that we got you literally to get a Thank window you. of your time is so rare. And I hope maybe today this will spark a new interest, maybe to get another little pooch from David. You never know. Another match made in heaven, right? Trust me. You never know. Plus, I know you'll call me up or text me or message me and <laughs> let me know. You should think about this. 
But I want to encourage everybody, if you're on social media, please follow the little shelter. And, you know, every now and then there's a message that there's some simple thing that they might need. You know, like David is very good about saying, okay, this is the kind of detergent we might need, you know, this month. Or this is the kind of food we might need for this, you know, if they get a certain group of animals in. And if you go to like Amazon, it's very easy that when if you shop, you can, you know, donate part of what it is you shop to the little shelter. And when you're on Amazon, you can actually put them in your address and you can shop and send them things that they ask for. So they've made it very easy for people to help. You know, not everybody has 500 or a thousand or whatever, but sometimes somebody says, let me give them 30 pounds of food and they've got the 25 or $30 to, you know, send them some food. Trust me, the little shelter is not going to say no to you sending them good food for the animal. Yes. And David was explaining to us how the shelter is sadly so full right now due to COVID and so many unbelievable situations that David, you said have arisen literally in the last week. Yeah. We try to run a full capacity all the time because it's what we do. We want to save these animals. So we were always constantly out there rescuing and rescuing, but they just seem to be coming to us in need of help just so frequently lately with this COVID virus. Oh, well, that's the message for us. Couldn't come from a better person. Wow, what a delivery, Cheryl Lee. If you can't get people to go out and help and rescue and adopt, <laughs> nobody can. I want to thank you so much for your time. You are an incredible inspiration. I am thrilled and honored to have you on the show. David Seeley, as always, and for our listeners, David will be a regular. We're going to be checking with him often to hear how the adoptions are going. Again, please go to Little Shelter online. It's in Huntington, Long Island. Call, make an appointment, go visit, see what he has. You will be so excited when you go there. I'm like a kid in a candy store. I would take them all if I could. And thank you both so much for being here. And I wish you safe, wonderful times ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And that's it for another edition of Rappaport to the Rescue. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.